You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. excited that today we have not just one, but two great people hailing from the great district of Ontario with us today. And we're excited that Imani Nangoma is able to experience the great, great district of the Atlantic District and Atlantic Youth. Imani is the youth president in Ontario, and uh, he's from Ottawa. But one thing I'll say about him that really stands out is this man is a soul winner. This man has a heart for young people, and he has a heart for souls. I hope that that passion is portrayed to you today. And that it'll rub off on some of us. Because we all need a heart for people. We all need a heart for souls. Amen? Can you make him feel welcome as he comes to this podium tonight? Welcome to the Atlantic District, Imani. God bless you. Can we clap our hands to Jesus? Let's stand together in the presence of the Lord. turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 to the 23rd verse and as well I'll read I didn't give this to the back but Mark chapter 8 later verses 36 to 37 it's such an honor to be here tonight who's glad to be in church on a Saturday afternoon I give honor to the pastor of this church and as well your district superintendent Brother Carter, I give honor to your youth president, Brother Braden. Now, you know, I, I struggle to, to go behind someone who speaks false doctrine, saying New Brunswick is, I don't know what the Atlantic District is. I don't know what that's all about, but if you've never been to Ontario, you need to come visit. Amen. Wow. You guys, <laughs> you guys should be worried in here. Uh, and the entire youth committee as well. I give honor to your former youth president, Brother Matthew Woodward, who loves him and, uh, and the work he poured into this youth department. He's a brother of mine. I love him greatly. Um, and as well, last but certainly not least, it's great to be here with Sister Cassandra Powell. Uh, her and her husband, I call them big sis and big bro, so it's great to be with them here today. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 23. The Bible says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are be saved know it is the very power of God. Verse 19, Paul says, as the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. Verse 20, 
So where does this leave? Paul is making his point here. Where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. If you could skip down to verse 23. The Bible says, so when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. And last verse, Mark chapter 8, verses 36. Jesus says this, and this is what I want to preach on today. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own souls? Anything worth more than your soul. The title of today's message that I feel God wants to convey to us here is it's still the answer. It's still the answer. Why don't we close our eyes and begin to pray. God, we're thankful for this service. We're thankful for every person that's here. God, thank you for every leader that's in the house. Thank you for the amazing youth committee, the youth team, Lord. We're believing for greater things in the Atlantic District. God, you're moving powerfully in this district already. And greater things are on the way. Greater things are on the way, Jesus, for the young people of this district. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Why don't you clap your hands to Jesus one more time. And you may be seated in the presence of God. Someone say it's still the answer. It's still the answer. I just a bit of background into who I am. I I'll never forget being at a service. Um, I I had grown up in church my entire life. This is all I've known is growing up in church. You know, I I, I didn't have options to be in church or not. I, it was there was not many debates. It was just to be in church. I grew up with parents who are immigrants from the country of Tanzania and so if you know anything if you do or not not sure about people from Tanzania African parents the continent that my parents are from there's not many options you do as you are told in Jesus name amen so it wasn't do you want to go to church it's you are going to church that's the type of environment I grew up in and so I I'd grown up in church my entire life knew when to clap you went to shout, you went to do things, but uh, I, I, I was an expert at having church, but didn't really have yet a relationship with God. Can I tell you, it's a huge shame if you come here and just have a relationship with church and not meet the God of the house, because there's a difference between the two. There's a difference between having church and being the church, and there's a difference about knowing about God and knowing God for yourself. And so I had known about God. I had known about him, but, but I did not know him for myself. And so I'll never forget, though, one day at a uh, winter youth crusade, what we call him in Ontario, uh, there was a preacher by the name of Brother Myron Weidman Jr. He, he was preaching a sermon on that Friday night. It was titled, Jesus is in the house. I still remember the text he was preaching from. I, I still remember uh, everything about that service. And I, I remember on that Friday night service, uh, uh, I was far away from God, but, but I'm thankful that God was not far away from me. I, I like to put it like this. God was not on my radar, but I'm thankful that I was on his radar. And, and even though I wasn't really searching him with all my heart, I'm thankful that by his mercy and his grace he he was looking down and he he said I still have a purpose and a and a destiny for your life 
And so on that Friday night, he was preaching a sermon titled, Jesus is in the house. And, and here's the question he asked halfway through his sermon. He asked everyone on that Friday night, here's what he said. He said, are you bringing people to Jesus or are you taking them away from him? This question pricked my heart, if I could say that. It, it got the best of me and I, I began to ask my question with all my interactions, um, Am I bringing people to him or am I taking them away from him? And so I remember going back to my high school at the time and I remember falling on my face at that altar call and I made a commitment. I said, God, I said, for the rest of my life, I said, I don't know how this is going to work. I said, but I am going to bring people to you. I said, it doesn't matter how many people show up or don't show up. I had no idea. Let me just put this remark in here. I had no idea what a P7 club was. I came to find out about it a few years after. I had no idea what that was. I wasn't interested in a crowd. I just had I had heard a message and God had gotten a hold of my heart and I said, you know what? It's time to test this out and see if it's really true for myself. It, it's one thing to hear someone preach about it and it's one thing to hear people sing about it. It's one thing to even read about it it's another thing when you begin to see it for yourself and so I said I, I want to see what God's going to do so I, I begin a Bible study with about three friends at a library table um, maybe just a bit bigger than this and and uh, I'll just put this disclaimer in there that Bible study was brutal one guy was knocked out like sleeping like just passed out I'm like you know what maybe I'm not called to do any of this stuff other guy had his headphones in, just jamming the music. They were my friends because part of it, and I don't have time again to this, they couldn't really take me seriously because I, I, had been, I had a bit of a bad reputation as a class clown. And so uh, one day I was a class clown for all this time, and then now I'm saying I'm going to preach Jesus. So they thought maybe this is another one of Amani's jokes. He's just messing with us. So I, I remember opening up my Bible, and I think it's Genesis, and I'm just saying in the beginning, I'm looking up to them, God created the heavens. And the earth, I'm looking at them like, you guys see that? Like, yeah, we, we just heard that. And I'm just trying to put it together. I'm like, does that mean anything to you? Like, no. I'm like, all right, well, this is a good start. The Holy Ghost is moving already. And so, but, 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 but I was so hungry. Can I tell you that, that even though I wasn't the most uh, equipped to do anything, can I tell you that God honors obedience? And God's not waiting for you to have it all together for you to do something for him. But all God needs is one person who says, I'm available. And God, if you can use anything, you can use me. In fact, the Bible would say this. It says, when I'm weak. In fact, God seems to get his best glory out of weak things, out of weak places. When you might think you're low, God says, I can show my power through that. I can show my anointed through that. I don't need the most talented. I don't need the most charismatic. All I need is one person who says, God, I'm available, and God anoints availability. And so I began a Bible study with three friends. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, the Bible study began to grow. It started with three friends. Uh, it grew. We had four friends, and then five, and six, and then we didn't have enough space, so we moved to a classroom, and so we had about 15 students, and then 15 became 20, and then it became 30, and it became 40, and then to the point where we had 80-plus students gathering together in my Catholic high school coming to hear about Jesus Christ. We, we didn't have enough 
chairs to, to fit the room because uh, no one expected ever to have that many students gathering together in a chapel. Here's what was crazy in my high school at the time. I hope it's changed. Um, when I was in high school, they, they, when we used to have a Catholic mass, it was a code word for skipping. Now, I never participated in that. But it was a code word for skipping. But yet on their lunch hour where students could be wherever they wanted to be, they were gathering together to hear the name of Jesus being preached. We had kids who were known as the potheads in the school who were smoking marijuana. And here's what would happen. The first part of lunch, they'd be smoking marijuana. The second part of lunch, they'd be coming to our Bible study, some of them high as a kite. And they'd be, listen, they'd be lifting up their hands in the Bible study as tears would be streaming down their faces, experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ. We had teachers come out. I had, I had teachers who came out. I still remember my law teacher at the time. He looked at me. His name was Mr. Mr. Curry, he said, Amani, he said, I don't understand. He, I said, what? He said, uh, there's an energy that happens when we're together in that room. He said, I, I can't explain it. He says, there's an energy. He said, maybe it's because there's so many people coming together and so many human energy just brings this energy. I said, Mr. Curry, with all due respect, I said, you can go to a sports game and you won't feel the thing that you're feeling in this room. I said, what you're feeling is the presence and the power of the Holy Holy Ghost, when it steps into a room, something begins to happen. I had a friend, his name was Hamdi. He grew up Muslim his entire life. He grew up Muslim. His parents were immigrants from a Muslim nation. He came here. Here's what he said to me. He said, Amani, my parents would not want me to say this. He said, but I have to tell you this. He said, every single Friday from the time I was a little boy, I've been going to a mosque every single week. He said, but in these Bible study meetings that we're holding here in this school, he said, uh, everything is good that happens. He says, uh, but when we begin to pray in the Bible study meetings and when we begin to call on the name of Jesus Christ he said I feel something in here that I've never felt all my years of going to a mosque can I tell you even the world who grows up in false doctrine and false religion when they get an encounter with the Jesus we're shouting about in this place something begins to happen Something begins to happen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. It is time for young people to not be ashamed of the church. I'm so sick of hearing the phrase that living for God is boring. I'll say that again. I'm so sick of hearing the phrase I want it to sink into someone's heart this afternoon that living for God is boring like it is a prison sentence to have to live for God. Can I make can I say this today? If living for God is boring, you're probably not doing it right. If living for Jesus Christ, if you find this boring, I can guarantee you this. The problem is not with God. The problem is with ourselves. Because I can promise you, when, when you 
come into an atmosphere like this. And when you go out in the world like we all do every single day of the week, the people of this world are begging for a drop of what we have in here. I have seen, I've been privileged in, in my time, I've, I've seen, I've been privileged. God has opened the doors for me to minister to so many different people in my community through Bible studies and different campus ministry, different outreach forms I've been a part of over the years. I've, I've been privileged to see people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and get baptized in Jesus' name. And can I tell you this afternoon, I have never heard one person who got out of the waters of the baptism tell me, Imani, I wish I would have gone to a a few more parties and, and I wish I could have lived a more reckless life uh, and I wish I could have smoked more weed and I wish I could have tried that thing those things out the things that this world presents to us as glamorous that only leads to death uh, but I can tell you this afternoon time after time uh, here's what I hear them when they come out of the water or after they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, they look at me and they say my goodness uh, they say I wish I could have found this uh, when I was a little child uh, they say when I was drinking uh, and when I was partying, this is what I was looking for. I remember, I can remember BC. That's, I call that before COVID. You can steal that from me. Before COVID. I'll never forget. I was in a, my first year of university. And uh, I... I sat in my calculus first year class, and, and don't ask me how that went. Just know I passed. Amen. That's, that should be an amen there. If you've gone through, if you've been through what I went through. I remember sitting in class, it was our tutorial class, and I'll never forget there was a student beside me. His name was Avinash. I, I'd never met him a day in my life. He looked at me. And he says, yo. So I looked at him. I said, yo. He's never met me. I have never met him. Here's the question he asks me. He says, do you know where I can find some weed on campus? And in my head, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, I'm not the weed guy. Is that what people see when they meet me? This, maybe I'm doing this Jesus thing wrong. I'm like, what's going on with me here? Um, something's wrong with me. Um, and I, I said, I said, nah, man. I said, I, I don't smoke weed. And his face got a little sad. I said, and I'm a Christian. I said, I'm actually also a preacher. He said, oh, snap. <laughs> I said, no, man, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to apologize. I said, I, I said, but, but I, said, I, said, I do have something else I want to talk to you about. And, and in my mind, I couldn't help myself but think of Acts 3 when there's a lame man by the gate asking for some silver and some gold looking for hope because I came to realize the people in this world are just looking for a, 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 a bit of change to help them go through the days and that's why they use the that in your school that's why they need their parties and that's why they need their reckless living because they're just looking for things to help them cope with their circumstances and we're sitting here with the answer to absolutely everything that they are going through so I looked back at him I said I don't know where you can find some weed I said, but Avinash, I want to invite you to a Bible study we got here on our campus. He looked at me like I was crazy. He said, Bible study? He said, later. And I said, 
All right. So every week I made it a commitment to myself. We'd talk about all different types of things. And I'd say, Avinash, I'd say, hey, we would love for you to have you in our Bible study tonight. And he always had the greatest excuses. I got to give it to him. Uh, one day his toe was dislocated, but, but he was walking fine. Next day he got in a car wreck. And I'm like, but you're not even, you don't, do you even have, own a car? And then he got a heart attack. And then... And, I'm like, you know what? The devil won this one. I'm like, I give up. I'm like, this is over. He's a lost cause. Devil won me zero. It's over. All the best. But I'll never forget on our last day of our campus uh, semester, he, I said as a joke, I said, we'd love to have you, Avinash, tonight. He said, well, he said, and I'm like, here we go. He said, I would come. I'm like, of course you would. He goes, but, but. I'm just like, do you have to put that much effort in a lie? Like, it's okay. I, it's, I, he says, he says, but, but I need to tell you something. He said, and he was being serious. He said, I've been praying recently. And I said, in my head, so I thought he was trying to make fun of me. So I said, oh, wow, man, that's great. He said, no, no. He said, I'm serious this time. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm just trying, I'm trying to take him seriously. He says, I'm serious. I've been praying recently. He said, and he said, I actually would come tonight to the Bible study. He said, but I've got some assignments to submit. Now, the problem with that was it was the last day of the semester. The deadline for assignments had already passed. And so I was just looking at him like, okay, well, good luck. He said, no, no, I'm serious. He said, my mom, and he, he, the conversation actually got serious. He said, my mom has stage three breast cancer. He said, and that's why I had an extension on my deadline because I got to go back home to see her. He said, and that's also why I've been praying. Now, he grew up, his mother's Hindu and his father's Catholic, but he had enough faith to begin to pray. I looked at him with all boldness in my, something just came over me. And I said, Avinash, I said, God can heal your mom of cancer. Look, it's either we believe this thing or we don't. And I, I'm tired of just, as I said, having a good worship service and talking about miracles and shouting about miracles. But I just want to see God move every single day. He gives me an opportunity to see his power show up. So I looked at him and his eyes widened up. And so we went to the staircase of our campus there at the time. And we began to talk about God. And, and in a long story short, we began to do a Bible study. I began to talk to him about the gospel. I said, Avinash, I said, I said, Jesus died for your sins. I said, and if you believe that, I said, you can be saved. He said, really? I said, really? I said, I said, and, and, and in fact, it doesn't just end there. You, you can be born again and, and be part of the kingdom of God and be saved and part of this salvation story. He was looking at me with amazement. I said, you can repent of your sins if you believe. And you can repent of your sins and get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking in other tongues. He looked at me with amazement. I said, have you heard of that before? He said, uh, "He said maybe I've heard about speaking in tongues passingly. He said, I'm not really sure. I don't need any background. He says, what do I need to receive the Holy Ghost? So I looked back at him. I said, you need repentance 
Hey, you need faith. You tell God you're sorry. He said he asked me to explain repentance to him, so I explained it to him. I said repentance is when you tell God you're sorry for all your mistakes and, and you want to live for him. He looked at me with amazement. I said, what? He said, two nights ago in my room, he said, when I was praying to God, he said, I began to say these words out of my mouth. God, I'm sorry for smoking weed. I want you to forgive me. Could you forgive me? He said he was praying this on his own. Can I tell you, while we're scared to go reach them, can I tell you the God we serve is already working behind the scenes, speaking in their hearts, touching their minds, breaking shackles off their spirit. And so I looked at him in the face. I said his lip began to quiver as we were talking in the middle of our campus. So I said, Avnash, if you want to, we can pray for you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. He said, right here? I said, yes, right here. Now, if I'm honest, in my head, I said, I'm crazy. I'm on my university campus. All types of things go on here. The last thing we need is one guy. If you just imagine people walking by, you see one guy just going. <laughs> And the other guy's just praying for them in the middle of the campus. People don't think you're in the cuckoos. But it's amazing how sometimes we think like that. But people in the world go and do reckless, crazy things at concerts. They go up, they jump up and down, take off their shirts, run around like a bunch of maniacs for people whose sole job is to sing songs or to, to, to shoot a ball in a net. And then we're ashamed of talking about the God who has all power in all his hands. So excuse me if we look a little crazy when we worship God. Excuse me if we look like we lost our minds when we lift up our hands to him. So long story short, he lifted up his hands. We begin to pray together. We prayed a repentance prayer. Then we begin to pray a prayer of faith together, just me and him. People were walking by the campus, but, but I didn't care. He was just so hungry. And as we begin to pray the prayer, someone comes in and grabs my arm and interrupts the prayer. And I'm like, what is about to happen? Here's what she says. She goes, hey. Hello? Nice to meet you too. I don't think she even told me my name. I don't remember correctly. But she said, I'm looking for a lighter to smoke. So now I go, okay, there is something wrong with me. She says, do either of you have a lighter? And I looked at her with all Holy Ghost love and grace. But I said to her, I said, I said I'm sorry, we, we don't have a lighter for you. Now, at the back of my head, I said, there's a, there's a probability that Avinash has a lighter in his pocket, but, but we'll just let, let that slide. So I said, listen, I, I don't know, we can't help you with that. She said, okay, bye. But, but here's what I also knew. I said, whenever the enemy sends a distraction like that in an environment like that, it's a confirmation that there's about to be a powerful demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. 
So Avinash lifted up his hands. We begin to pray together, and God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He began to speak with other tongues in the middle of our campus, and here's what he said to me. He said, Amani, this feels like drugs on top of drugs. I've never felt anything like this before. Can I tell you this afternoon, the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost is what makes the difference. Why don't we worship God together for just a few moments? Let's lift up our voices for just a few moments. The presence of Jesus. And so, I put that background to this message today so you can understand where I'm coming from. I've been privileged to see God move in all types of backgrounds. And, and the conclusion I've come to is, it's still the answer. This gospel we talk about, that we're here for, it still works. It still changes people's lives. And for the rest of this message, I could tell you story after story, but... I want to turn your attention to the Mark chapter 8, the 36th verse here today. Because it's something that struck my heart. Jesus, it's a very famous verse. He asks the people that are there. He says, the context is he's saying, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. And you've got to take up your own cross and follow me. But he's the question he asks them there. He goes, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your soul. And it strikes me because I've heard this preached many times, and even myself, of talking about this verse, I've come across it as the perspective of nothing in this world is worth my soul. And that interpretation is correct and it's accurate. That there's nothing in this world that's worth our souls. But also, Something else powerful about this text, it also means that to God, my soul is worth the entire world. <laughs> One soul to God, here's what I came to preach about today, is worth the entire world. Excuse me for being emotional, but this is something that gripped my heart. It is something that has gripped me and so passionate about that the kingdom of God is about people. The kingdom of God is not about platforms. It's about people. And I think in the social media consumed generation, it's easy. Now, there's a lot of good things about this time of living. There's great things that happen in our time in the kingdom of God. But, but let me just talk to someone here today and speak to somebody. I think sometimes in the social media consumed generation, it's easy for it to become about stage highlights rather than souls. 
And can I tell you this afternoon that Jesus did not die for bigger stages. And he didn't die so we could make a name for ourselves. But that the message of the kingdom is about people. It's about the broken and the hurting. Sometimes people say things like, I don't know where my ministry is. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what God's calling me to do. Can, can I tell you? I said this to our, our local church the other day. I said, listen, talking to a group of youth and young adults. I said, listen, I said, our concern is impacting people. God can decide how that looks. The problem is, is we have an idea that ministry is a certain method and we, if we're not careful, we can restrict God to a method. But the ministry of the kingdom is not restricted to a platform. It's not restricted to a microphone. If you think about it, we spend less time in a building in a week than our regular daily activities. So we're saying, God, what can I do for you? And God's saying, well, there's Jacob in your math class who's struggling with depression. And, and there's that kid at the cafeteria table who no one sits about and no one pays them no mind. And, and there's that person you work with that's struggling with depression and, and suicidal thoughts. And, and while we're thinking about highlights, God's thinking about the lowlights. He's thinking about the people that no one even pays any mind. I... This is something that gripped me a few years ago because I, while I was so concerned, God was doing mighty things in the midst of our lives and it was all glory to God and what he was doing. But I, I got caught up in what he was doing. And uh, I'll never forget, long story short, I won't get into the details of it, but our Bible study club got shut down in my high school. Isn't that amazing, shutting down a Bible study? It's the world we live in. But anyways... It's a long conversation. They shut down the entire Bible study, so we couldn't meet anymore. And so it ended up having to be many Bible studies in the library. And the students would just call, there's an underground Bible study going on. It's like, sure, call it that. That works. And uh, so one of the parents got really mad. She doesn't attend an apostolic church, but she, her kids were attending this Bible study. She goes to another Christian denomination. She said, bring the Bible study to my house. And so we brought the Bible study over to her house. There was about 10 to 15 kids there. And uh, as we were there at the table, there was a girl at the table. I'll never forget it because this is when my perspective began to change. I began, see, I was sometimes, can I tell you, sometimes you can get so caught up in the crowds and you forget about the one. But, but can I tell you this afternoon that, that even in the New Testament, some of God's best works was with the one. Some of the most powerful, intimate moments we get in the Bible did not come with the crowds. It actually came with one-on-one -on -one conversations. John 3, Nicodemus, what was that? That was one-on-one. -on -one. In fact, sometimes Jesus would withdraw himself from the crowd and take intimate, private times with people. And so while we can sometimes judge our success by crowds, God doesn't look at success the way we look at it. 
God just sees who's willing to be obedient in what I'm going to call them to do. And if that looks like ministering to one person, can I tell you that that's a success in the kingdom of God? And I get it. In fact, the Bible will just say this. It says all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. And so there was a girl at the table. She began to speak. And she began to share with us how she gets abused at home and, and how she they go through mental and physical abuse by her parents. And as she began to share this, tears started streaming down her face. And all her friends that had known about this, but she was speaking about this in a public setting, tears began to fall across their faces. And I began to start crying. Tears started falling down my face. You're saying, why are you crying? Why were you crying, Imani? It's crying. Obviously, it's not my fault what was going on, but it just shifted my perspective where I was like, wow, wow, I was so concerned. There's nothing wrong with being concerned with what God is doing and the big schemes of things. But, but, but what bothered me so much is I knew her older brother. And he was always socially awkward, and, and, I never, and I never took the time. Somebody stay here, bro. I'm trying to say it. I never took the time to figure out why he was the way he was. Can I tell you that some people are one conversation away from deliverance? And if we'd spend less time condemning people and having more conversations, can I tell you, sometimes, sometimes, and I'll speak about myself, sometimes I can be more concerned with having commentary on people. I'm talking about people who have no idea about God. I say, look at look what they're doing. And, and, and while I'm commentating on their lifestyle, they're just waiting for a conversation that can lead to their restoration and their partnering in the kingdom of God. And so, a few months ago, where I was working at the time, I was in my office working, working at the bank as an advisor, and I was, I was, there was a client who came into the office, and, and I looked at the client. I'm just going to give a real-life story to what I'm preaching about today. He came in the office, and he looked a bit rough, and I made some presumptions, judgments in my mind on him, and he sat in the chair, I already had my commentary track was ready going on what I saw on the outside. But I couldn't see that there was, you hear me, that every person we walk by is someone Jesus died for. When that can grip you, and when you hear what I'm saying is, is in this room, we don't just have the young people of the Atlantic District, we have world changers. People who can make a difference in one soul's life and one soul to God is worth the entire world. And so if you can impact one person, in my opinion and scripturally speaking, you're impacting, you're worth changing the world. And so he sat down. I looked at him. I read, as I told you, there was already talk tracks going in my mind. And he, as we were talking about the appointment that he was there for, 
a lot of my prejudgments were actually wrong about his financial situation, and, and he was actually in a really good spot. But, but then the conversation shifted, and here's what he said to me. He said, I'm actually six years clean. I said, six years clean of what? He said, I was a cocaine crack addict. I was hooked on drugs, but for the past six years, I've gone off of it. And in my mind, I said, this is what I said in my mind. I said, wow. I said, uh, I said, I guess my judgments on him was right before he walked in. And as I said that in my mind, the Holy Ghost checked my heart. And said, you haven't even had a conversation with him, and you're willing to condemn him like that? <laughs> so I looked back at him. I said, hey. I said, could you tell me how you ended up on drugs? He said, Amani, from the time I was 10 years old to the time I was 16, he said, I grew up going to Christian church camp every summer. My mom would send me to Christian church camp. See, we have no idea when we meet people the things people have gone through and the places people have been. We just see people's end of the story and don't know where they came from and where they started and what got them to where they are. And I'm telling you, we can start having more compassion for people if we start having more conversations with people. And that can lead to people finding the answer of what we hold on the inside. I'm talking about the kids in your school that got the terrible reputations and the kids in your school that everyone says they're, they're lost causes. Can I tell you, those are the exactly the same people that God says, that's the soul I died for. And let me pause before I finish the story and say, I don't know who got us in the attitude anyways of being so judgmental and self-righteous anyways. Because if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, huh, we'd all be lost. So I looked at him. I said, wow. He said, but then my mom ended up getting on drugs. He said, and when she got in drugs, he said, I, we all had to be separated. We got put into foster homes, he said. And when I got put in foster homes, I started to lose my faith in God. He said, he said and, and that's how I started using drugs. That's why I started using crack and heavy drugs. He said, he said and if I'm honest, you asked me earlier, because earlier in the conversation, I asked him if I could pray for him. And I told you I was an atheist. He said, he said if I'm honest, I was just angry because of everything I've been through. He said, he said, in fact, he said, I know we're done our appointment here. He said, but, but, but. But if you wouldn't mind, here's what he said. He said, would you pray with me? He said, I'm dealing with so much stuff on the inside, and I want you to pray for me. So I got up, and I, and I closed my office door. We sat there together, and we began to pray in the office chair together. I said, God, I pray for the peace of God to touch him. And as we were praying, you could, you could see the atmosphere begin to change in the office a few months ago. And I said, God, I pray against his depression. And I, I pray that he'd experience your love, and I pray you'd experience your joy. You, you know what we were doing in that office? I'll tell you what we're doing we're just trying to reach one person that he died for it didn't have to be on Instagram it didn't have to be in a church service but God was so interested in him let's stand together here music and come back this afternoon I've come to talk to somebody 
a young person. I, I didn't come to just have a good church service. But there's great things happening in the Atlantic District. I heard of the stories of your sacrificial move the mission off. And why don't you guys all give yourselves a round of applause for that. That's amazing stuff. That's exciting things. But I've come to talk to a young person to tell you that it's still the answer. And here's the question I want to ask you. If not you, then who? You say I'm 13 and I'm struggling with low self-esteem. You say I'm, I'm dealing with some of you in this room right now. Maybe you have dysfunctional families at home, and I'm not trying to make light of any circumstance that people find themselves in here today. But I came to talk to someone to tell you this. Just think of this one moment. With all the things you deal with in your life, can you imagine living that life and not have the power and the gift that we have on the inside of the power of the Holy Ghost? That's what this world we live in, that's what they got. They deal with the same junk we deal with, but they don't know that there's a hope beyond this life. And here's what I'm trying to convey to somebody here today. You have the power to change somebody's life forever. You. Me. This is not a superstar thing in the kingdom of God. There's a world dying. God help me. Someone needs to reach out to God before you open up this altar right now. Someone, someone needs to get a hold of the throne room right now. Let there be a burden. God, God, come on, someone. Let God talk to you about a classmate. Come on. Come on, there's someone who wants to say, God, I want you to use me. God, I, I know I'm struggling right now, but, but God, I want to make a difference. Come on. Come on. I don't want to just have a hype time in church. I don't just want to have a position. I, I don't just want to. God help me to impact my world. Something stirring in the Holy Ghost. Something stirring in the Holy Ghost. I'm open up this altar. Come on, as we're praying to come for someone, find a spot here. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for your community. Pray for your high school right now. Pray for your middle school. Someone pray for your workplace. Come on. Someone get a hold of God right now. Say, God, I give you my life. We're so caught up in the latest stuff going on in our world and this and that and not just have a good church services when there's a world dying 
talented. He says, I don't need your talents. I just need someone who has a burden. It's still the answer. It's still the answer! Something's happening in the Holy Ghost right now. There's a shift taking place in this atmosphere. There's a burden that God's putting. God begins to share your burden with you and you begin to start looking at people differently. And come on, somebody needs to get a hold of this. Somebody needs to get a hold of this. joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.